This is 10 Questions to Cyber Resilience, brought to you by Assurance IT. Released twice per month, every episode brings you one step closer to cyber resilience by hearing how IT leaders are practicing cybersecurity. Resources mentioned in the episode can be found in the show notes. If you're ready to take your cyber resilience to the next level, be sure to subscribe so you can catch every episode. To start, I want to know, you know, who you are, your role, your, your responsibility at Insurity, and maybe mention some of the career highlights there, because I know you've been there for a while. So maybe let's start off with that. Absolutely. So happy to be here. It's been a while, so it's good to get back. Uh, so I'm Jonathan Victor, Chief Information Officer at Insurity. You and I know each other from my days as Chief Operating Officer at OceanWide. So how do I get here? I get asked that question a lot as, as where you work with partners and with prospects and with acquisition targets today. So it's a good story. I've now been in insurity for 15 years. Um, I was acquired into insurity in 2015, where I was chief operating officer of OceanWide. All the while I've been running cloud and SaaS and driving insurity's cloud strategy or OceanWide's cloud strategy at the time, as it relates to growing in the insurance space. What started out was commercial insurance, now is commercial and personal lines. And we help enable carriers, brokers, agencies, run their insurance front office and drive the business of insurance. And I'm uh, been fortunate to be a big part of making that happen on a SaaS basis. Fantastic. Interesting. Yeah. And you're, you're right. We've known each other for several years, so it's been an honor. You've mentioned a couple of accomplishments, actually several. What's the biggest accomplishment that you've, you've done throughout your journey at Oceanwide into Insurity? Maybe talk about one of those ones. Yeah, I'll, I'll pick one that, that comes to mind. It's an interesting story when I think about it, but the way that it played out, it, it really brings a lot of pride for me. So when I look back as, as, as I look at some of the early days as the Insurity Cloud took shape, we were in the midst of moving one of our largest workloads up into our current cloud environment. This one at the time was a private cloud environment and we were rolling out our enterprise grade disaster recovery solution. So we were going to a, uh, a redundant geographic, always on environment with very aggressive SLAs and RTOs and RPOs, um, really industry leading at the time. And it still is today. And we've been working on this project for the better part of a year. My entire operations team had been focused on letting the business, but then delivering this major initiative, which was really going to keep us at the cutting edge. And two weeks before the cutover, the go live, I suffered an injury playing football that required emergency surgery and ended up being completely out of commission, like effectively unconscious during the cutover weekend. That's when the surgery was. So all that to say. It was great to see my team be able to execute completely and cut this over successfully with no impacts to clients to a completely new environment, totally on their own and without me. So it was just great to see the team step up, execute on a year of planning, really smooth. And it was a huge win for insurity. And when I came back at the other side of it, you know, everyone was very happy and, and it went well. And it proved to me that all that hard work paid off. And I think it proved to the team how confident they could be in their skills and their expertise. So it was really a great outcome all around. I recovered in the end too, which was nice, but thankfully yeah, it was good. It was good for the business and it, and it was great for the team. It was great to see the team be successful. That's amazing. That's a good story of leadership, right? So you, you had all the planning done beforehand. 
and obviously had done your your risk mitigation beforehand and obviously you couldn't ask for a real life scenario like that one actually coming to play the planning could not have been better or worse or both exactly yeah Yeah. Yeah, it was really top notch and uh you know still to this day it, it sticks out in my mind as a big success and one that in the end i wasn't even there to see but all the hard work you know it really paid off i'm sure i'm sure yeah yeah, that's a, a proud moment for sure. You got you get to see the team deliver something that you had a, a vision for, regardless if you were sitting there or not, it still happened, which is good. It's very exactly. good. Exactly. Uh, right. So you mentioned cloud. I'm actually going to skip over one of the questions I have and I'll come back to it later, but sure. obviously cloud is a big part of your your strategy there. It's been for a while. How does how does a cloud strategy pose a challenge when it comes to security? Obviously, we're we're a security organization. This is a, you know all about security podcast keeping the organization safe. So how does that cloud strategy pose a challenge when it comes to security and how does your team overcome it? Right. So our cloud strategy in particular, I think is both very beneficial to insurity as a business to our clients, but also creates a challenge as you phrased it for the operations of our business in that we have this, we decided and still do view the world as being multi-cloud. We made this decision several years back when we were originally running private cloud workloads, then we felt the public cloud was really where our future was and not just one public cloud, but two, we felt that being able to run workloads in different clouds and offer a, a variety of capabilities around data residency, data privacy, as well as public versus private was a real strength in our market. And, uh, that has, that allowed us to create a very significant competitive advantage for us to showcase our enterprise grade SaaS capabilities as a differentiator in our space. Now, all of that being good, and it was a big part of our growth. It also created some significant challenges from a security perspective, because it wasn't one environment that needed security and it wasn't one security plane that needed managed. It was multiple. So even today we run private cloud workloads in the U S and Canada and public cloud workloads in AWS and Azure across 20 different insurance products. So it has forced us to put security in the forefront of everything we do, both in terms of hiring, training, partnering, as well as the planning of how we execute and operationalize all of the SaaS offerings that we have at insurance. Okay. Very, very nice. Yeah. And you're, you're actually touching on a lot of different questions that, uh, that I had planned here. So, which is good. So continuing along that that security vein here, we hear a lot of, you know, we hear the words often cyber resilience, right? Cybersecurity has kind of like been around for a while, but now we hear cyber resilience. Let me ask you, are you hearing this more often in your organization and what does it mean to you? I do hear it. And it's uh, something that we've seen coming over the past, say five years and, and really accelerating the past two years where, you know, at one point doing say a SOC one or a SOC two audit was adequate. Now it's become table stakes and to be cyber resilient, organizations are expected to have a cyber risk governance program to track performance against NIST and identify where the gaps are across the organization to ensure that in the event of an attack, in the event of a vulnerability that can really affect the organization, like, you know, you and I were talking before about log4j, can the organization survive? Is it, will it be resilient to that type of event? And that's where we really focus our organization. So for us here at Insurity, having a full-time, highly skilled chief information and security officer, 
officer and having a, a dedicated enterprise security team with specialization across multiple domains, application security, network and infrastructure security, including cloud and, and, and our uh, corporate perimeter, as well as compliance and audit has allowed us to have a multidisciplinary enterprise security team that focuses on insurity holistically. And that's really from the front end to our clients, so all our SaaS workbooks to the back end and our corporate footprint, we look at our corporate edge, our cloud edge, and look to apply security policies and best practice and bring partners to the, to the table to work with us to support that process. And it, it's challenging because it's an ever evolving environment, especially for us, it's challenging as we've been highly inquisitive over the past uh, 24 months, we've added eight different assets to the insurity family, some large, some small, some with vertical specialization, some horizontal, some private, some public. So all of those need to be rationalized against the insurity cloud standard. And that, that is a very challenging task that myself and our CISO and our enterprise security and, and operations teams are continually focused on. Interesting. Okay. Well, thank you. And you, and you said a lot there and I, and I appreciate that. And you mentioned something that I'm, I'm kind of reluctant to ask clients sometimes is the log4j conversation. You, you're not sure if you want to bring it up or not, just because some people are sensitive to it. Some people were impacted and some people were not. Given yeah. your role and responsibility of your team, of course, like you just mentioned, you've got a whole bunch of different players on the team, making, your, making sure that your OSs are patched, your applications are updated and so on. Was log4j, and maybe, you know, if you don't want to talk about it, totally fine, but was log4j an issue or a huge challenge for you? Uh, no, I'm no problem talking about, look, it, it was one of, of a string of complicated security vulnerabilities that have been identified in the public sphere, you know, whether that was solar winds or the Intel source code leak or log4j, we built a practice to respond to enterprise level threats in a formalized fashion, such that it's directed through our CISO, uh, who reports into me an individual by the name of Josh Foltz, who at some point, if he could be to meet, maybe there's a continued conversation to be had with him. We take this based approach to assessing the problem. So whether that's looking at from an identify, protect, detect, respond, recover perspective. And for us having a very clear inventory of our workloads, where they reside and on what technology they run to have great clarity as to, okay, when log4j or the Intel effect or solar winds hack, once those became clear, we spin up that task force to both go through that inventory, leverage our CMDB, leverage our logging and our VSOC capability to zero in on where is action required and how quickly do we take that action? And that often can often is or, or can be defined by the incident itself. While in, in all of those, there were steps we could take to um, review logging or take additional security um, steps to tighten our edge, we needed patches from third parties and we had to wait for those. So we had to coordinate the installation of those patches or work with our partners too. In a private and, and public cloud environment, there's different responses that we had to put in place. So in some cases, AWS and Azure were responsible for those updates and we just had to manage through those and, and coordinate the timing. In other cases, it was on our teams to go and respond and we would assess the criticality of that response and the timeliness of that response based on the criticality of the vulnerability, how well known the exploit is and how readily available a 
uh, a resolution from a third party is if that's the case. Okay. Yeah. You, you mentioned a lot of management there, management of, 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 of different environments, management of people and processes. So I, I can see how that, that becomes a challenge. And, and you think some, some companies actually had a huge uh, challenge when it comes to log4j and, and you've touched maybe upon it here. Can you, can you just elaborate on why a company would have been more impacted than obviously you guys were ready for it. So, you know, why is it, why are some companies still struggling with it months later? I think the biggest challenge with log4j and it's a challenge for insurance too, is that it was direct and indirect or is direct and indirect. It was directly in libraries that you may be using and indirectly on the platforms that you support and run because it was in libraries of your partners, uh, right. saw or embedded software. So it made it a very large web and it also forced development teams and security teams to drive upgrades to address the log4j problem on components or in platforms maybe that hadn't been touched or hadn't been upgraded or seen as vulnerable in the past because it was so deeply embedded and it forced us really to circle the wagons at a much deeper level to ensure that we had a good view as where it was, what the impact was both behind the firewall and outside the firewall, so to speak, and then what steps we needed to take. So it was challenging. I think it was challenging for all organizations, those who didn't have good data on, on what their footprint looks like, good clarity on who their partners were or what software was embedded, open source or otherwise, it made it even more challenging. But it, it definitely has been an exercise that we've run through now as all of these public breaches have taken place. And we've formalized along the way to make the next one, you know, when it happens, because it's going to happen. Absolutely. Right. We know that hopefully our execution will be that much cleaner and we'll be able to react in a, a that much more direct fashion to secure the enterprise. Yeah. And I think you touched upon it, like the inventory, right? Knowing what you, knowing what you own internally, like you said, directly and indirectly. I think that's one of the issues where I think a lot of people were caught off guard. There was, you know, not knowing what you, what you own and manage can lead to you know, not protecting it. And if you don't protect it, that's where you're vulnerable. You guys are obviously heavy when it comes to software development. You've been yes. part of your DNA for a long time. In the software world, we hear often security by design, and that's kind of made its way into the infrastructure space. Is that something that you guys adopt when you deploy your services? It is. Not so much when we deploy our services, but when we uh, build our software. The approach is we look to embed members from our enterprise security team into our development organization. And that can be challenging because there's only so big of a security team and there's, you can imagine, pretty large development team. So it's a combination of embedding those resources and training experts or security champions across our development organization and doing it in a consistent fashion. And that's where the challenges for a large, heavily acquisitive organization can come into play. Because as we add new assets, as we bring workloads online or migrate them to the insurity cloud, if they're coming from a smaller co a company or a startup, security may have not been as, their security may have not been as mature or their capabilities may have not been as prevalent or from a security by design perspective, it may have not been part of the process as opposed to an afterthought. And it's that shift that, or shift left that we have looked to drive really across the organization and different products are at different stages of maturity. And that's where we, myself and our CISO and our CTO are continually focused to ensure that we're investing the right resources at the right times on the right products and platforms that really will benefit from it. And some are more mature, some are less. So it's a, it's a fine balance to get right. But certainly the more we shift left, 
the more we drive a security by design culture at Insurity, I believe the stronger we will be. And it, it's an ongoing evolution for us and one that will continue as we move into the future and as we continue to, to acquire assets. I know you guys are heavy in the software world and, and acquiring new companies and organizations that, that, that could pose a huge challenge, especially when you're bringing in stuff that you don't know, right? About, so, uh, yeah, I can, I can see the challenge there. I can appreciate that. If you were to recommend other organizations, obviously you recommend it to yourself, but other organizations become cyber resilient. What's the one thing that you would like needs to be done? Like one thing. So one thing is I think you have to have a strong security leader. And I think if you try to task, I see this mistake regularly, and sometimes it's a function of size of business. Sometimes it's a function of, of culture or mentality cost. There's a variety of, of reasons, but if you try to have someone be a head of IT or a product leader or CTO or CIO, and also wear a security hat, it's, it's often a losing battle. It's just, it's such an important area, especially today in the uh, software world and the SaaS world to not have a dedicated chief information and security officer, not a dedicated enterprise like security team focused with, with real specialized expertise. It makes the um, challenge of securing the enterprise, driving security by design, staying in, in compliance with the evolving InfoSec and compliance world, very, very difficult. And if there's one thing that an organization could do, I would say is, is invest in that person, bring that expert on board, make it a dedicated practice, have them at the senior executive level to ensure that they're not buried inside some operational organization because it's security then gets lost. And what can then follow is applying things like the NIST framework, driving a secure SDLC, using a security by design methodology, implementing set DevOps across your DevOps and, and development practices, all those things can follow, but it's hard to do if you don't have that centralized person who, who's one, an expert and two, focused day in, day out on just that. It's an interesting answer. I, I like that. And, and sometimes we, we, we find a lot of organizations have individuals wearing different hats and, and it, it comes back to bite them. And that, and it's, it leads me to a question that I wanted to kind of ask, and this is one that I'm, I'm careful of asking as well. Uh, it's not one that a lot of people like to, to address head on, but it, it is one that's really coming uh, up as a huge challenge right now. There's a current skill set gap in the market today when it comes to labor, uh, a skill set, especially when it comes to IT and more specifically security. Again, you don't have to answer this, but I mean, how is Insurity addressing that skill set gap? Is it is it is it posing a challenge? Is it you know hindering some of the innovation that you have planned? I'm just curious because that's why I, I speak to individuals on a daily basis, and it's it's just something that's getting you know more difficult to to find great talent out there. And you just mentioned it in your last point where you know you got to focus. So how how do you overcome that challenge? I think the first step to overcoming the challenge is getting commitment at the executive level that this is going to be an area to invest in. Once that is there, the practice or security as a practice can grow within the organization. And that can be small scale with one person in a small organization or large scale with a team much bigger than, than what I currently have today. But it's that commitment to making security a pillar of the organization. And when you're a SaaS provider, to me, it's, it's hard to not do that and not have a dedicated security function that reports up into executive leadership and, and really plays that, that central role. As far as the people go, 
and, and, and keep it finding and keeping the people. I think you're right. What you're hearing is something that we're seeing as well. It's a challenge and depending what market you're in, it, it varies uh, like geographically speaking, but there has been a huge demand for highly skilled resources from a cloud DevOps security perspective. Security is no different to me than, than those, at least from what we've seen. Right. Uh, so for me, it's ensuring that you find the right people to so take the time to source and, and interview and, and make sure that the, the individual candidates really fit well with the organization, that the culture of the organization is well aligned with the candidate and that person, and then make sure that those individuals really understand their value to the enterprise. You know, it's, it's hard to be in a role if you're continually looked at as, as just a cost or part of a cost center. So for, for us. SaaS is central to who insurity is and security sits right beside it. It's something that we go to the marketplace with. It's something that, you know, I talk to clients and prospects about day in, day out, and it's why clients trust insurity or would trust any SaaS company. So to me, being central to the organization, to the success of the organization is a good place to be. And that in itself, I think is a good way to keep security professionals engaged and, and happy in their role. That's a great attitude. If you can get your team to feel valuable in what they do on a day to day, I think it's just going to make for a better organization long-term. I agree. Uh, and, and for me, that's critical. Like if we're going to invest, I want to invest in people that are going to stay for the long-term and that will be part of the success and surety for the future. So they should you know, feel rewarded as such, understand their value to the organization and see the success as it builds. So you could turn. Well, uh, as a company evolves, right. And I think that's one of the, the biggest allures is like, if you're demonstrating that companies evolving and growing, and I think that's where the, that's the attractive the factor right now. The attraction is to, to find individuals who want to be part of something that's growing and, and building. And more and more, I think that's, that's the, the biggest compelling reason that individuals are joining our organizations today. They want to feel that they're part of something, right? So great, great. I like, I like the attitude. That's, that's a uh, very, very spot on to, you know, what we, what we kind of do here as well. We, we, we try to find individuals who want to grow and are not comfortable just staying with the status quo. So that, that's, that's really good to hear, John. One last question before I let you go, this one's more of a philosophical one. It, it's hard to, it's hard to, uh, to answer this one, but maybe, you know, you have a, a perspective on it. So yeah, we have like this ever growing connected world, right? But more and more, right. You know, I, uh, things coming online, you know, more devices coming online, more people coming online. And it seems as if we've kind of gotten a little bit more aware, but complacent at the same time. Like our guards are down on a daily basis more and more. We just think that security is going to be there and do the job for us. Do you think we're becoming more vulnerable? You know, do you think we'll, we'll become more vulnerable or are we going to self-correct just knowing what we know more of? So my sense is the complexity with which the, uh, our insurity, uh, for me, but the, the environment with which we live in is going to increase. And as a result, the need for more mature security practices, a focus on resilience is even more important and will continue to grow and be more important. My sense is that as the world to your, to your question becomes more interconnected as more services move online, like we've seen over the past 24 months, I've heard it quoted, you know, we saw three years of IT develop three months. We saw processes that would never digitize, digitize overnight. Right. Exactly. Which 
just brings with it the need for added cyber resilience and security practices that come with it. I think that's only going to continue to accelerate. The need for maturity in the security realm will only continue uh, as a result. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting to see how things are going to evolve over the next uh, 18, 24 months. Like you said, we've we've seen such a huge growth in, in technology and in, in interconnectivity over the last 24 months, and I think it's only going to continue to exponentially grow. So I think we just need to be a, bit more, a lot more vigilant, not a bit more, but a lot more vigilant in terms of how we're connecting and you know, what we're doing with that, 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 those connections and how we're exchanging data and how we're interacting online. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is, uh, this is exactly why I want to sit down with you, John, to really get your perspective, obviously, given your, your role at Insurity, I mean, you have a lot of responsibilities. I know you wear a lot of hats, although you're the CIO, I know you wear a lot of different hats in that, in that role. So, I mean, before, before I let you go, do you have any questions for me or are we good here? No, I'm good. This has been great. It's good to catch up. And I appreciate you including me in this series. This has been great. John, I appreciate you and your and, and time. I appreciate the team and I wish you and the team all the best. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to 10 Questions to Cyber Resilience, brought to you by Assurance IT. Assurance IT is in the cybersecurity space, specializing in data protection and compliance. Since 2011, they primarily help mid-sized enterprises in Canada. If you have questions about protecting your data, reach out to us directly at info at assuranceit.ca or visit assuranceit.ca.